0: Hey, this is Mike Paterno and I want to welcome you to Mostly Unseen with Jeff Boucher. We're happy to have you here today. Jeff is the pastor of Mill Pond Church. Any of these segments from our podcast will be accessible through our website at millpondchurchny.com. With me is Pastor Jeff Boucher. Welcome Jeff.
1: Great to be here, Mike, and uh, this is a very exciting time. This is our first podcast, as you well know, but maybe those listening don't know that. So. Um, You know, it's funny because we think of the name mostly unseen, and uh, I think that's worthy of an explanation to some degree. So, my view of the world, I think the biblical view of the world, is that most of the things that happen in life are, you know, through forces that are unseen. The spiritual is it goes on forever, Mm -hmm. right? God is eternal; He's spirit, and He works through, in, and through the lives of man, of man, mankind. And in doing that, you don't see it with the visible eye. We see the effects of it, which, you know, it really reminds me of of the Gospel of John where Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus said, so is everyone who's who's born from above, born again, born by the Spirit of God. It says, you know, they're like the wind, the wind blows where it wishes. You don't know where it comes from and you don't know where it's going. It's largely unseen, Mm. but you feel its effects. So I thought that was a really appropriate name because a lot of what we will be talking about are things that are largely unseen to the, to the naked eye, but experienced and seen in, in, you know, in and through spiritual eyes. So I thought that was good. And, and it leads us kind of right into our first segment, which I think is fantastic to do, uh, which is prayer. And uh, I think, you know, when we think about prayer, everyone in the world has has prayed, you know, almost. And some pray regularly. Very few have never prayed. And, you know, when you think about that, that means this is an important topic to humanity itself. (laughs) And so we want to, you know, just kind of take a biblical look and a biblical approach and see, does prayer work? Does it influence anything? Um, You know, what's going on? So I want to tell you a story first uh, about my life growing up. I grew up, you know, in a Roman Catholic church, uh, church every Sunday and, you know, a community filled with people, mostly Italian, mostly Catholic and just a great, you know, great, did you? (laughs) Yeah, I
0: totally did. Great neighborhood,
1: you know, great neighborhood. You could walk down the street and go into someone's house and, you know, you know, call them Aunt Marie and Uncle Gene and, you know, whoever. And, uh, you know, and you were welcome uh, to do that. But then you always had the other side, too. They'd always be watching for you and they see you doing something wrong you're always you you didn't just look for your parents car you know when you were doing something wrong you were looking for every neighbor you knew in their car because you didn't want they just, anybody see to see it because you knew you'd get turned in they'd, they'd call your father and it was like you know but it was great you know in hindsight it it's the way that everybody protected everybody and it always turned out to be good unless you were on the short end of the stick so but anyway when i was 16 i i met some people and I always thought—I never thought of myself. Are you a Christian or not? I'm Catholic. That's what I am. And I started. A number of things happened to me that I'll maybe talk in future talk about in future podcasts. But there was something going on spiritually where I, I began to be intrigued. I was—I was thinking at about 15 years old. What's the purpose of life? Why am I here? I couldn't put all the, the pieces together. And at any rate, I end up meeting some people uh, by through a job that I, I took on as a bus boy. And I started hearing them talk about God and my ears perked right out. And through a series of things, long story short, I realized that I didn't know God the way they knew God. And they spoke of God as if they knew him. I spoke of God as if he was way up there mm. and I'm way down here. And he kind of oversees things. And if you're in real trouble, you call on him. Um, things that were totally out of your control, that's what you would do. But they seemed to talk to God about everything. And I thought, I, I wonder if what they're saying is true. So I, I asked a lot of questions, got more. And finally, I said, I want what you have. Because were, there was a joy that I, I, I didn't have. There was a, an experience with God that, I, I, that was not known to me. Let me just say it that way. So, you know, they said it's very simple. It sounds crazy, but it's simple. You, you just ask God. Ask him to come into your life. You, but, but if you do, you have to ask him to forgive you for, for the things you've done, understanding that your will is never the right one. It's always God's will. And so I, I as much as I could understand that at the time, I, I prayed to accept Jesus as my savior, right? Things changed pretty quickly. I, I felt different. I saw things differently. It was almost like, you know if you're going we're from the new york area right so go through the lincoln tunnel into manhattan and you're in this tunnel and you can't see anything but all of a sudden you see a light coming up and all of a sudden you you come out of that tunnel and everything is like noise around your horns beeping all kinds of stuff and it's like you, your your world opens so your up
0: your world's a lot bigger than just the tunnel walls that's for sure
1: and that's what it was like that's what it was like i was going to this new little church you know where the the pastor actually got up and he he read the Bible, but then he talked all about it. And that wasn't happening like in the church I was in. And I thought, this is so fascinating, so interesting. The people were joyful. So just the whole experience was really unique. And, you know, but then you know what? Life starts happening. I'm 17, I get my license. I get my license, I'm hanging out with a group of friends, you know, drinking age was 18, everybody's going partying. So I kind of go back into that scene. I, I feel bad at night because... I was i was feeling like this conviction of mm. man that's that's wrong but then i'd wake up okay i'd go forward and you know i'd be sorry by by six o'clock that night i'm ready to go back out again this went back and forth and i remember just crying out to god god if you're real you have to show me so this is is what god did now it wasn't me just crying out once it was it was probably over a period of three months mm. of just really struggling you know, God, are you real? You felt so real. Now you don't feel so real. So that's what I'm praying. And I have a dream one night, right? And before I tell you the dream, before I left, I stopped kind of going to church and, you know, that little church I was going to. Okay. And then when I stopped, um, it kind of lost contact. But right before I stopped, I met this couple named Jack and Janice. And... I only met him three times because then I stopped going. And um, they were a nice couple. They had a little boy, Michael, two years old. And um, nice enough. I I couldn't have told you their last name, but I knew their first names. And if I saw them on the street, I'd probably, you know, Mm -hmm. recognize them. That's it. They never had a real full, full conversation. So I go to bed one night, and everything I'm about to tell you happens in my dream. Okay? So um, up in my room, I... um, I, I'm walking into my parents' room, okay, on the second floor of the house. As I walk in, they had a dresser on the left. And as I, you know, I kind of glanced over the wall. I don't know if you ever held a piece of paper and lit a match under it and watch it turn brown. And then all of a sudden it flames and it kind of spreads. Mm-hmm. That's what the wall did. And all of a sudden a face appeared in the wall. And it was Satan. Now, no horns. So it wasn't like he was in a red suit or anything right, like okay. that. And, but I knew it was him. I freak out, run down the stairs, out to the backyard, get my father. My father runs into the house, this is all in my dream. My father runs in the house. I couldn't even tell him what was going on. He assumed something really bad. He's following me. We're running full speed, back up the stairs, get into the room, there's nothing there. The wall's back to the way it was. I said, Dad, I must've been dreaming. I walked down the hall to my room. And when you walk in my room, imagine walking into the door, to the right are two windows going to the front of the house, one straight ahead going out to the garage roof. And Then my closet was to the left my bed was in the back left corner. I go to my bed I take my my shirt off, you know getting changed for bed get into bed but before I do that all of a sudden I'm taking my shirt off pull it over my head and When I look up there's four pictures over my bed But they weren't just pictures. They were like like a porthole in a ship like you're looking out through a window and things were moving and this didn't matter to, to us right now, but it was the Bermuda Triangle. You know, the, the, we used yes. to call that the right, Devil's yeah, Triangle, right, yeah. right? And I was doing a report in school on that, so I could understand later why that came into the dream, mm-hmm. but it made sense later too on why it came. So as I'm looking, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's, how are those pictures moving? A billion bugs come out from behind the picture frames down onto my bed, and as I look at my pillow, it said, you had your chance written in blood. I turn to run out of the room and Satan's standing in the middle of the room in a suit. Like, you know, people say, what do he look like? No horns, no red suit, no, no anything like that. Probably in his mid-30s, clear beard, but, but clean, you know, um, tightly shaved and whatnot. And um, like GQ magazine. And I'm thinking, how do I get out of this room? And as I'm going past, he's not doing anything. He's just looking at me. And as I'm moving past, he's turning with me. We're about five feet away mm-hmm. from each other. I get to the door and I don't leave. Now, by this moment, there's all kinds of things in the room. I couldn't even tell you what they were, but the room was drab and dark. And he's standing there looking at me. And I can leave, but I don't leave. And then I'm looking at him and he looks right back at me and he gives this pitiable look and he starts coming toward me. And then he starts laughing like, you pathetic thing. And he's walking right toward me and I'm feeling this overwhelming fear but now I can't move. And I don't run. Right as he gets to me and I'm almost ready to close my eyes thinking he's going to kill me. My closet doors off to my left are shaking like there's an earthquake in the closet but not in the room. The doors break open and this thing, creature comes out of the closet and it's coming at both of us and I'm thinking it's from him. Okay. And... I, I I wince and I almost shut my eyes, but I didn't. I kept them a little bit open. This thing grabs him. And he had just before that gave out this hideous laugh like, you're done. But the, you know, And he's Satan that close is, to you now? Satan did. And he's, Satan was walking toward me. He's like right close to me. This creature comes out, grabs him, and crashes right through the window. And I don't know if you remember the old Mr. Clean commercials where the tornado yes. was in the room. Yes. He would come through and the idea is this tornado would come through and everything would sparkle. He's picking's fan after. I go over to when that it was like that tornado, all the things that were in my room, not the furniture, all the things that were that had came in like the junk, it was just junk. Went out the window with him. I felt this overwhelming sense of peace, comfort, and like something just happened that I couldn't explain, but God was in it. I sit on my bed and I put my arm down on the bed. So I'm sitting with my arm resting on the bed, and all of a sudden I wake up in in that very position. I couldn't believe it. I get up, I write everything down. Oh, wow. Six pages front and back. I go downstairs. It was a Saturday morning. At night, I never checked the mail because at 16 years you're old. You're not getting mail. You're not getting <laughs> mail. You know, resident comes to you. You know what I mean? But. Nothing, But I don't know why I did it. I did. It. I got a bowl of cereal and I, I checked the mail. And there's a letter in the mail for me. And I looked at the top and it, it, it's got their last name only and I wasn't sure who it was. And I'm sitting eating my cereal and I open this letter. And I remember I said to you that I met Jack and Janice. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know their last name. So I open the letter and here's how it starts. Dear Jeff, please don't think I'm a jerk. You know, mm-hmm. and if this makes no sense to you, Please just tear it up and don't worry about it. She said, last night I had a dream and my dream started off with you going upstairs into your bedroom. And she recounted my whole dream, exactly as it took place. And she said, and I had this dream and I felt compelled. She said, right now it's three o'clock in the morning. My husband has asked me what I'm doing up. And I told him what happened. And I didn't know what to do, and I wanted to write you a letter. He said, write the letter and go to bed. So I wrote the letter, and I mailed it to you. So that's why you have this letter. If it makes any sense, please call me. If it doesn't, throw it away. I hang, you know. I mean, it was unbelievable. I yeah. picked up. Now, that had to happen. I had the dream that night prior to the morning. That I'd had happened days before. Hers happened days before. Same exact dream. She uh, recounted it
0: exactly. And you guys hadn't seen each other in a while.
1: Nine months. Wow. And we didn't know each other. And so I called her, went right up to her house, told her what happened. They were stunned and floored. And we became the best of friends. And God brought me back to himself a hundred percent. That answered my prayer. God, show me, help me. I don't understand this. Are you real? Do you answer prayer? Things like that. So that really gets us into our our subject for today, which is prayer. and. You know, prayer, like I said, is an amazing topic that touches all of humanity. And when you think, we live in uncertain times. Um, In 2020, COVID hit our country, it hit the world. People were dying in that first wave, Uh, it was complicating people's already, you know, the comorbidities they already had. And I mean, it was scary. There were a Mm -hmm. lot of people. There was a run on the supermarkets. People were, you know, hoarding their food and and doing all the things that they needed to do to kind of, you know, last for months or whatever it might be. Um, You know, after that, you know, we had elections and people were polarized completely. And we're looking at our country kind of fall apart in so many ways. And uh, we're, we're, you know, the population split on, you know, was the election, you know, fraudulent? Was it? you know real was it valid um, you know our borders all of a sudden became porous people are pouring over the borders and you know um, laws that were applied to the general population were not applied to say people coming across the border whatever nationality they were and you're thinking what the heck is going on you are thinking the world is has gone mad and uh, laws began diminishing I mean even recently in New York City we saw um, I think it was the DA who downgraded armed robberies to misdemeanors mm. and letting them go same day. And you're thinking, how is this good for anything? Everything that made sense doesn't make sense. And uh, so it was amazing. Police officers were being, you know, basically hogtied from doing their jobs in, in so many ways. Um, biology is being questioned right before our eyes. Male and female are now in question. So we think that the average person is looking at this going, This is madness, right? What is going on? And we could go on and I'm sure, you know, you have your own stories on that too. But over the past few years, many have turned to God wondering, God, are you there? Look at the world just going into chaos. And if you are there, how do we get through this? And they pray, they were praying, you know what they were looking for? They were looking for peace. They were looking for answers. They're looking for, for calmness in our lives. And, you know, as a pastor, um, I've been asked about prayer many, many times over my thirty years in ministry. I say thirty plus, but I never go higher than that because the plus once you get thirty years in anything, all the way right. <laughs> once you get thirty years in anything, you, you just start saying plus. Um, but you know, really, and this podcast came. This is our first ever podcast, and I wanted to, to, you know, handle a topic that God had put on my heart and that I know is on the hearts of so many people, uh, and that's prayer and. I think over the next several podcasts, maybe three or four of them, we're going to want to talk about one of the most fascinating subjects known to man, which is prayer. Most people in the world have prayed at one time or another Mm -hmm. and, uh, in their lives. And many pray regularly, a very small number have not prayed at all. So this makes it uh, a subject that has great human interest. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some believe their prayers make all the difference in the world. Some aren't sure. Some believe they make no difference at all. And, uh, you know, these views, they can't all be right. So we want to look at that and say, Is there are there answers to that for, for people? And, um, and many people have doubts about prayer. The ones that have read the Bible get real confused because they're trying to reconcile the promises in Scripture with the lack of results in their prayers. Mm. And I get that. I understand that. Some people struggle with what the Bible says uh, about it because they... It doesn't seem like it's their experience. And, um, you know, and I understand the struggle. Uh, but I want to tell you this, even before we get going, that there's answers and they're good answers. So let's think a moment. And I know you're, you're, you're a pretty studious guy, Mike, and you pray, you, you know, you you understand the subject too. And uh, and I know you prep for, you know, different things. And I'm sure you prepped a little bit for the podcast um, because you knew we were going to do prayer. But, you know, can you think of any scriptures, for instance, that that you might you might even struggle with it or others might struggle with it or have struggled with it to say this doesn't meet my experience?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, in, in the book of Matthew, in uh, chapter 21, it says, if you believe you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer, people are sometimes conflicted about that. But part of it is, is in this segment, we're going to learn how are we praying? What are right. we learning? Because And that was said by Jesus. And it was said by Jesus, yeah. yes. And, and Mark tells us in, in 1124, he says, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. W- true, but it's, you have to understand the context that the Lord is talking about. Yes. And that's where peace comes from. Um, you know, a, a, a psalm that people come back to, Psalm 91. A uh, thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right. But it will not come near you. And to have that sort of peace inside of you, yes. you will get that through prayer. Yes. You have to but the relationship with the Lord is how it comes to, which I'm very thankful that you're going to enlighten us about because it'll answer a lot of questions for so many people.
1: Yes. And I think, you know, and another one that comes to me is John, you know, uh, 14. I don't think you mentioned John 14 there, right? 13, 14. I, I did not know. No, no. and that one um, says And and this is Jesus speaking. I will do whatever you ask in my name. Now, that seems like a carte blanche. I'll do it. And then you start praying for things and they don't happen. You pray for a healing for that person and they die. You pray for, you know, um, a, a, a promotion in your job and you don't get it. You pray for the opportunity to go on vacation with your family and it doesn't come. You pray for whatever. And people go, I don't get this prayer thing. You know, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And so we want to really unfold that and, and unpack that a little bit and uh, so he says, you know whatever you asked in my name <clears throat> um, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son, you may ask anything, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it right So that's pretty powerful, pretty straightforward. and there's a lot of that that goes on and you know when when time I my experiences, don't match what the Bible says, and prayer being one of them. Mm -hmm. And so years ago, I learned something when I was being trained theologically. And I had professors that were out of this world. They were phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I would go back to basics, just like in sports. I I love sports too. And anytime you see somebody doing I coach, I've I've been a coach for over 30 years as well. And when you coach something, and and an athlete, you know, goes into a slump, whether he's a baseball player going into a hitting slump or a running back that, you know, for whatever reason, he's, he's not making, he's not getting through the line. He's, he's lost that, that first step, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you always go back to basics, always go back to the basics. So here's the basics for me. And I think this is really, really important. I, I right away start thinking, wait a minute, who made these promises? God did. So if God made these promises, let me think about the person making the promises. I want to think about the attributes of God. What do we know? What can we know about God? Now, everything we could imagine humanly, we only touch the fringes, right? But we can still Mm. get to the fringes, and and that's important. So here's five things I always think through, always, and I I still do it to this day. God has certain attributes. Here's, Here's one. God is omniscient. That means God knows everything. So before you ever speak before you eat your breakfast tomorrow morning, God knows what you're going to have, you know, before anything happens to you, before you don't get the promotion or before you do, before someone you love, you know, is in a car accident and they get injured or they die um, or whatever. God knows that before it ever occurs, knows it. And then we think, ooh. If God knows it, so the first thing that you might think is, why doesn't he stop it? Why doesn't he do this? Why does it, we Right away, we start thinking what God should do, right? Well, he wouldn't want to do that because that would hurt me. Well, that person is a great person. Why should they die? And these are the things that we do as humans. Mm. So God is, Omni. Um, he knows. We don't know. He knows. God is omnipresent. There's nowhere we go. You can't find yourself in trouble somewhere that God is not present. You know... For soldiers on a battlefield, they say there's, you know, there are no atheists in foxholes, mm-hmm. right? And that's a, that's very true in many ways. And you know what? God is there on the battlefield. God is in the middle of horrific warfare. God is in the middle of hunger around the world. And people say, yeah, I've often wondered that. Why does God let so many people starve to death? Why does God let people die in war? Why does God allow war to happen? Why is there evil in the world? Why is all these whys? Some of that we're going to be able to answer in these next four Sessions, right? These next four podcasts. So, <clears throat> God is omnipresent. So, He's everywhere. He knows everything. God is omnipotent, which means He's all powerful. God can do anything. God can stop anything. God can create anything. I mean, think of the power of God. And I often think of Genesis. How did God create the world according to the Bible? He, he spoke, it. spoke it into existence. He just said it and it occurred. That's the power of God. God is immutable. That's the fourth one, meaning he doesn't change. You and I, we change. You get up tomorrow morning, you might not be in a good mood, and you yell at your, you know, your, your son or your daughter um, or whatever. God doesn't change. God doesn't sleep. God mm-hmm. is always on, on point, always on his game, right? And God is omnibenevolent. It means he's all loving. Now, think of the person you love the most in life could be a mom or a dad it could be a spouse it could be a child Um, but the person that you love the most your love does not compare to God's love it's flawed we're human We, we have a sin nature so God is not affected by sin he's not encumbered by anything so that's amazing then then I ask myself do I believe these things about God and you know and I really go through it I say if, you know, God knows everything, he knows my needs and my requests mm-hmm. before I ever ask him, right? He's everywhere. So there's nowhere I was that he didn't hear me because he's there. He's He's everywhere present. God is powerful enough to do it so he can provide anything I'm asking for and requesting. God doesn't change in any way, right? He's not like us. He doesn't say, you know, well, I'm not going to give this to you today. I would have given it to you yesterday, but I'm not in the mood today. He doesn't do it. And God loves me more than I could ever imagine. Now, if that's all true, and my prayers aren't getting answered, then the answer to why lies somewhere else. So the next question I would have is, does prayer really influence God? Can you really change anything? If God knows what he's gonna do, if God's will is gonna happen? Well, I'm gonna give a quick answer because we'll talk about this in the future, but here's the thing I I have come across and the truth of scripture. The answer is yes. And the answer is no. And that's why people that say, no, your prayers don't influence God. There's some truth to that. Others say, absolutely. Your prayers influence God. Well, there's truth to that as well. So here's how I think scripture says it. God's will, God's purposes, God's plans cannot be altered, but God's actions can be influenced. Your prayers won't influence his, his, influence his purpose and plan for the world, for humanity, or whatever. But it influences his actions. Now, that should give us enough to go, I want to hear more about that. And we will hear more about that. But we're kind of setting this whole thing up for, for this the remainder of this podcast and the, and the ones ahead. Now, so we can say, yes, it does influence. No, in certain ways it doesn't. Um, but now if we've checked all those boxes thinking about God, who he is, his power, all these things. And we check the boxes and our prayers are still not producing the results that we're looking for. What am I to think? Whose prayers does God answer? Or is it something different? And the one thing I would tell us right up front is that God answers those prayers of the people that cry out to him. If we don't know Christ, if we don't have that relationship with God, and we cry out, God, please help me, please come to me. God answers that prayer. If you've come to Christ and you know him, and you've put your faith and trust in God, he desires to answer your prayer. He wants to answer your prayers. And then He say, well, if that's true, and my prayers still aren't being answered, then then what's going on? And I think that's a really, really important thing to, to come to grips with. There's a lot of things about prayer that we have to understand, right? And we don't understand everything about prayer. There's a lot of things that we want to know. There's a lot of things that are important for us to, to put our hands around, right? And I think the first thing that we want to ask, because it's the thing that people want to know most about, is why are our prayers hindered? What stops mm-hmm. our prayers from being heard? And this is really what it what it comes down to. There's three reasons that the Bible gives us for our prayers not being answered. And I think that we need to look at some scripture here um, for, for sure. Um, and then we can talk about how prayer actually unfolds itself. But think of scripture. Can you think of scripture? Um, we know that one thing that prayer does, uh, or that God, one reason that God doesn't answer prayer, is because of a broken t- connection with God. And what breaks our connection with God? Sin. Sin breaks our connection. Now, for those listening that might not know what we mean by that, anytime we sin, anytime we don't meet God's standard, that's sin. And that breaks our connection with God. Well, the first thing that we might respond to that is, then nobody's prayers (laughs) could be answered. Because if, if we don't meet God's standard, then none of us meet god's standard right so and that's true but when we come to faith in christ because jesus died for us because he gave his life as a substitute for us he was perfect it was god come in the flesh that's what christmas is all about Mm -hmm. When he does and he comes to the cross and he dies for us he was he was god fully god and fully man that death broke the power of sin
0: Mm.
1: when we come to faith in christ his Holy Spirit comes within us. What does that mean? It means now we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. We are not righteous in and of our own works, but those that put their faith in Christ stand before God as justified, meaning no longer held guilty. Mm-hmm. And we say, "Wow, that's an incredible position to be in." And you know, could you imagine a judge? You go into a, 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 a through a courtroom thing. Them looking at all the things you've done wrong in life, you know crimes that you've committed. We'll call it. And let's say you murdered somebody, and all of a sudden somebody steps up and said, "Your Honor, I paid that price. I didn't commit the crime, but I paid the price." See, if he had committed the crime, and paid the price, there would be no nothing left
0: to give you. Right.
1: But he didn't. So there's an innocent man paying, and the law is blind. It 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 judges, and someone has to pay. Mm. Now. He paid for all our sin and in doing that we stand before God righteous in Christ. So now God can live within us through the Holy Spirit and he can hear our prayers.
0: And think of the debt that you would owe to someone to stand up for you, for you, for that. If that actually happened to you in a court of law and then someone stood up for you, think of how you would feel the debt you would owe. It, yeah, it really it, changed your perspective very absolutely. quickly.
1: You you owe a debt you couldn't pay. He paid a debt he didn't owe. And he appropriates that to you. Free. Many of us think we work our way into heaven. You know, in other words, I I thought this as a kid. You know what? As long as I do well, I don't rob any banks. I don't kill anybody. Uh, The cosmic scales will come out. You know, it'll all be weighed out in the balance. And hopefully, we're always hoping (laughs) that my good will outweigh my bad and I get in. But I was really shocked at 16 to find out it didn't work that way. And the Bible teaches it doesn't work that way. It says there's nothing you can do to get into heaven. And the prayer that God hears from us is that prayer of repentance. That's the first prayer he ever hears. After that, it's a life of prayer. Now, we're gonna talk about how prayer works. We're gonna talk about a lot of things, but let's just finish with these few things, right? What hinders prayer? Sin hinders prayer. It's like slapping God in the face. That's what it is, we break with God. So after we come to the knowledge of, of what God has done for us, dying on the cross for us, loving us, doing and living and blessing, when we when we look at that, and then we still go out and knowingly do wrong, that breaks the connection. So imagine you're up in a cabin in the woods, you know, way away from all the cell towers, but there's a landline, you go to use the landline and there's no dial tone there's no dial tone and so you go outside the cabin all of a sudden you look one telephone pole down and you realize that the wire is broken mm-hmm. it's 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 broke it's close to each other but it, it broke and so there's only about two inches between both ends of the wire but whether there's two inches or 200 inches or 200 yards or two miles it's still broken and we lost the connection you cannot make a phone call you could talk all you want Into that phone. It's not going anywhere. That's what sin does. If we are consciously sinning and we haven't brought that sin before God and we are not right with God. So imagine you go hit somebody with a baseball bat. Does that person care about the grain in the bat? What way the grain went in the (laughs) bat? No. No. They care that you hit them with the baseball bat. And if you don't apologize, is there going to be any talking between the two of you? No. Why not?
0: Because it was obviously animosity that caused the incident to begin with, and yeah. one assumes that they're hurt then. So yeah, know.
1: and if you were friends with that person before, you're not friends right now, right? Then you know if if you now let's say that you came and okay, oh, you know what, Jeff, I'm really sorry I hit you. All right, maybe I'll forgive you given the right understanding circumstances. All of a sudden, you hit me again. So we sin, we go to God and say, "Forgive me for that sin," but we go out and do the sin again. And then again, and again, and is there forgiveness? No. Is there real confession? Is there real repentance? Is there real heartfelt remorse? Is there real regret? No. That breaks with God. Okay. So then God, he says, if you're not going to walk with me, then why would I answer you? If, if you're not going to, you know, walk in step with me and you're going to do whatever you want to do, then why, you know, and you run to me and say, can I get this now? Do I need this now. Well, wait a minute. We have to sit down and talk first, right? And and that's that's problematic. So we think about that, and you know that's that's an important piece. Sin hinders our prayer. I want you to you know maybe look and maybe we can read this and maybe uh, in a moment here you can you know just go to Isaiah chapter one and and uh, verse fifteen. This is a prophet from you know the Old Testament, and that prophet is giving us an understanding of something this this very thing that we're talking about okay so if read that to us mike if you pulled that up
0: yeah it, he says when you spread out your hands in prayer i hide my eyes from you this is the lord speaking even when you offer many prayers i am not listening your hands are full of blood
1: okay What's he saying? He's saying, I'm not listening. When you stretch out your hands in prayer, when the the Hebrews, the Jews of back in the day and and many today, when they prayed a little bit differently than us in America, we pray with our head bowed, maybe on our knees, you know, maybe folding our hands, um, closed eyes. They stood. They reached up their hands to God and they looked up toward heaven. So he says, when you do that, I don't see you. Why? Because your life doesn't match you know, the life I've given you, mm-hmm. you're, you're just breaking my law everywhere. you you you're, you've broke with me. We're not fellowshipping. We're not in connection with each other. And that's, you know, a really, really important distinction that we need to understand and that we have to have, you know, our hands around and our head around before we can, you know, expect God to answer our prayers. And that gives us kind of an idea of why that happens. Take a look at Isaiah 59, um, verses 1 through 3. And when you get to there, you know, read just those few verses. And, you know, it's God himself, again, speaking. And and when you read it, listen to what he says.
0: He says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. For your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt. Your lips have spoken falsely and your tongue mutters wicked things.
1: So essentially, what's he saying there?
0: He's saying everything that you do is, is against what I stand for.
1: Yes. So then you come and pray to me and expect me to give you something. Imagine you're grown up and you had good parents. And you have rules of the house, right? Everybody's got rules in their house, right? And so you go and you dis, you're disobedient to the rules. Then your 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 mom or your dad comes home and he say, Hey, can we go get ice cream? And they know you disobey. And there's no there's no anything. Wait, no, no, we're not going to get ice cream. Why not? Because a trust has been broken. You know the the the, the rule of the house has been broken. Now, your parents love you though, right?
0: Mm.
1: Are they going to forgive you? Yeah. <laughs> what has to happen?
0: You have to, you have to change your ways.
1: You have to change your ways, right? And if you don't change your ways, don't expect anything from your parents. Except,
0: except discipline. Except more of the same. <laughs> right.
1: And, and that's, you know, that's uh, amazing. Um, so we think of that. So looking at that, I think what's really, really important is that we understand you know, that that's a problem. In Psalm sixty six here's what he says this is the this is isaiah if i had cherished iniquity in my heart in other words if i hold sin in my heart the lord would not have listened to me right there the bible is crystal clear Mm -hmm. yet many of us believe god should should hear us now you know i want you to think here's another thing and i know um i'll leave this last illustration uh and then we're going to come back to the other problems i'm going to list them but we're going to come back to them in the next podcast so, we know that just direct sin is is slapping God, you know, in the face, right? Um, but when we think of that, and many of us do that, we we break with God. We do things that are wrong, and you know, we don't. And that's just outright sin. But then there's another thing that we do. Um, the Bible tells that we we ask poorly. We don't ask right. James chapter four. If you turn there and, and read verse. You know, starting in verse one, and I'll tell you when to stop. But this second cause we're we're very familiar with, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, as well. And we'll see why. We might not be right up front, but, you know, we have not because we ask not. But Mm. go ahead and read verse one.
0: What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not, do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Okay mm.
1: so leave, leave it right there. We, we don't we, we don't ask, and then when we do ask, we ask with wrong motives. You, say, well, wait a minute. well let me, let me give you an idea. right? So you have a mom that loves her child and she knows what God has done for her. And she knows what God has done, you know, for others at, at church that she goes to, how they become honest people. They, they may have been, you know, do, down a wrong path, but they forsook that path. They, they walked away. They cried out to God. God heard them. And today they're honest people. They're, they're productive people. So she begins to pray for her child when the child's born. And she's praying, praying. All of a sudden, she sees now that child's coming into the teenage years. We know what those years are. Little rebellion, trying to find your own way, becoming independent. So mom's praying for that child. And, you know, as she's praying for the child, she's she's praying, you know, I want my boy to make me proud, right? I want him to be an honor to me and to the family. I want people to like him. I want him to to grow up and and be productive. You know, he, he bears my name. My blood runs through his veins and you know, and we're praying. She says, "I don't want my, my, my son to be a prodigal, you know, the one that goes off and and goes down a wrong road." Um, I would love it for him to come back if he did do that, but I don't want it, I don't even want him to go down that wrong road. I want him to be a fine, to grow up to be a fine, productive man, and an honor to the, to the family. And you know what? I want him to be a true Christian, because I know that if, that if he is a true Christian, he's likely to be all the other things I want him to be. Because he's going to understand that that's the the right way to live. That's the right way for life. So she prays consistently and fervently. And guess what? He comes to Christ, maybe at 15 or 16 years old. And then he's loving God and she's loving that her prayers were answered. But God did such a good job in answering that prayer that he burdened this young man or young woman, right? If he had a daughter, uh, by touching that person's heart. And that young man wanted to go then uh, felt like God was calling him to, say, the Middle East, to Pakistan. And to go and reach people, you know, for the kingdom. To bring God's prodigal world back to himself, right? And all of a sudden, whoa, she thinks, I didn't mean that. God, no, I prayed, but I didn't pray for that. Well, you know, my boy off in Pakistan, no, 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 I I don't want that. I, I don't want that. Yes, her prayer was about what she wanted. Her prayer was selfish. She wanted all those things that God could give to her, making him a fine man. But what's God's concern? God wants to bring the world back to himself. Mm -hmm. Some people, he's going to call for special mission. He's going to call to go to a country. He's going to cause them to love those people. He's going to be there and, you know, will it be a struggle? In many ways. It'll be a struggle for mom because she she thought, boy, I'm going to, be around my grandchildren. I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be so proud of him. He's gonna make me so proud. I'm gonna boast on him. But now he's called off to a foreign land. He might get married, but I won't see those grandchildren very often. He might get killed out there. Some. So she wasn't praying for God's will to be done. She was praying for what she wanted. And so those prayers were asked
0: wrongly. Yeah. yeah. Wrong
1: motive. She had motives that would have satisfied her right? Now people say, oh, but come on, roll it. Hey, how about a pastor who prays for revival in his church? And and you think, boy, every pastor should be praying that. Well, maybe we do. But then all of a sudden you think, you know, if there was revival, more people would be coming through the doors, more money in the offering plate. I may get paid a little bit more. Hey, wait a minute. You know, people want to see what I'm doing over here. Hey, wait a minute. This is all going to be great because the church is going to grow. I'm going to, if I'm part of a denomination, the whole denomination is going to know who I am. Maybe, maybe I'll be asked to go to special things and speak at special things. Wait a minute, I'm going to have prestige. I'm going to
0: Yeah, have... all of a sudden we get egotistical with it. And uh, and yeah.
1: those prayers are prayed all, now the prayer itself is a good prayer. Them. Mm-hmm.
0: But the motives the motive.
1: become wrong. So you see how that can, so that's that's one of the reasons prayers don't get answered. We pray for money. Why? To spend it on the way we want mm. to spend it. And if we don't spend it that way, you know, if we don't spend it the way God wants to, maybe he's given us the money to give to others. Maybe it's coming through us as a vessel and a vehicle to go to other people. Right. So so that's we we see that we could see it. We can name lots of those things.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you tie it in actually so well just to bring it back to the beginning again, to come full circle with it in John 14, 13 through 14 and i will do whatever you ask for in my name but it's actually the second part of the verse that really brings it home which people often read over because they're so looking at the first part and the last part of every sentence so that the father may be glorified in the son and really that's what you're discussing like your prayers are glorifying god bringing back to him such a beautiful yes. thing
1: and there's many things when people hear us talk like that oh you know the glorify the son and the father's glorified and they think, well, what's what's that have to do? If they if they're either not a believer and they're listening, or they're a new believer, you may not understand all those things. The most important thing we need to understand is this: if I choose my course in life and I start plowing that way, and then I, I wind up in you know a jam or in trouble or it's not going the way I want it, then I call out to God to fix this. God might come in if your heart is right to say, you know what, Lord. I don't want you to just make my mess right. That mess is because of me. I want to give my life over to you. I want to do what you want me to do because you've got a plan for my life. Remember we said, God, you know, our prayers don't change his plan or his purpose. So if I'm running full speed down a different purpose, a different plan, God's not going to answer that prayer. What God wants us to do, and if all those things we mentioned about God are true. I want to entrust my myself to him he knows everything he's got all power he's got heaven planned out he's everywhere present he doesn't change he loves me more than i could love anybody if those things are true i want to give myself to him because it's going to be the best plan ever you know that i could imagine so what i want to do and so we see we can ask amiss we'll talk more about that in the future but then there's a third reason that God doesn't answer. And I wanna we, we find that in in the Lord's Prayer itself. And if many people call that prayer the Our Father. Mm. If you grew up Roman Catholic, you know that prayer. If you grew up in many Protestant churches, you you know the prayer. If you didn't grow up in church, you might not know the prayer, but you might know it if you hear it. And I, I want to just point there in the last couple of minutes that we have and give a, a quick understanding to this. So so the first thing that that the first reason our prayers aren't answered is is we live the way we want and expect God to answer us when we want. So it's almost like a Santa Claus prayer, right? We say, you know, we go to God and we start praying. We say, well, God, you know, please fix this and please do that. And I want this, Yeah, and I want very that. genie in the
0: lamp. Yeah, very
1: genie in the lamp. We, we make a wish, right? Or, you know, like at Christmas, we're kids. We, we make our list for Santa and then we get up the next morning to see what we got. <laughs> what from my list did I get, if anything, you know? And, um, you know, certainly I'm probably not going to get all of it because I asked for a lot of things. So it was, you know, it, it's that way. But take a look. And this is in Matthew 6. And um, and and I think this is really an important scripture to look at. So it's going to be Matthew 6. And I think we're going to start at verse uh, 5. And Jesus is speaking. He said, look, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. He said, but truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who sees the unseen, who is unseen. And this is the name of our podcast, right? So think about this. You know, God is telling us, I hear you, I hear you. And he's speaking to a religious people. So they were a religious people, the Jewish nation. So they loved the, the religious leaders love to be out in front praying and all these beautiful prayers and these beautiful words. He said, your, your words don't matter, the flowery words, the many words, it matters that your heart is right. So he says, when you pray, do not babble like the pagans, you know, who think they're gonna be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask. This, then, is how you should pray. So it's verse 9 that we want to look at. Our Father in heaven. Some of us remember it as our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name, which means holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins or our trespasses as we forgive those who who sin against us, or who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, or from the evil one. Right? Now, think about this for a second. There's a secret here to prayer. Look back, you know, in in something, you might have seen it, in verse 12. Forgive us our sins, our debts, our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, I'm gonna break that down just for a second. Forgive us as we forgive others. You know what we're actually praying there? We're praying, Father, only forgive us to the degree that we forgive others. But one mm-hmm. of the things that are in that is a, a a problem in our lives that breaks our connection with God is when we hold other people, you know, with contempt. Think about your life. What has God forgiven you? What has God forgiven us? God has forgiven everything. People say, well, he doesn't forgive every." Yeah, he forgives everything. Not murder. Yeah, even murder. Oh, come on. Think about the cross when he died. There were crim- two criminals next to Jesus on the cross.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of those criminals said to Jesus, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. Jesus saw his heart. And Jesus said to him, Today, he said, I tell you that today you and I shall be together in paradise. He forgave that man. He didn't have a, a chance to go back and make anything right,
0: mm.
1: right? He didn't have a chance to go fix something. And how are you going to make a murder right? Right. You can't. But God loves you, even if you've murdered somebody, God loves you no matter what you've done. And God is calling to you, all of us. God wants to hear that prayer, that first prayer, of 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 crying out in repentance, in regret, in sorrow, and saying, "God, forgive me." And the model prayer that Jesus gives us, which is the the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, that model prayer, it's it's not a word for word thing. You can pray it word for word, right. and it's it's great, but it's it's a model. He says, "If you are praying," and he goes on. Actually, right after, in in the verse beyond, in fourteen, he says, "For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other sin, others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins." Now, this is powerful. Many people's prayers are not answered because they are unforgiving. Mm-hmm. They hold something against other people. They're not speaking to other people. There's family members they won't speak to. There's friends they've written off. There's employers or colleagues that they said, you know what that person did to me? And then they go to God saying, God, forgive me for what I do. Oh, wait a minute. And then somebody might say, well, I'm not God that I can forgive like that. But when you asked Christ into your life, when you became a Christian, if you have, the Bible tells us clearly, That you have become a new creation Mm -hmm. he said the the reason or the ability that made that happen what how did that happen god sent his holy spirit in you the very spirit that raised jesus from the dead now lives in you if you were a believer in christ Mm -hmm. god has forgiven you everything he's given you the ability to forgive others everything now we're going to wrap up here but
0: any thoughts on that just it's amazing really because you know something that you just brought to light that people like they sort of have like levels of sin and they, they will vehemently do certain things and say well yeah i can forgive this but not this like you brought up murder in particular at the cross the criminals people go no you can't and here's the power of christ right how this is why he is god only god can overcome a debt or an offense that you've done that you have no ability no matter what you do you can to never make, make up it more. Up. yeah only God can do that absolutely right there that that has to open your eyes to his power
1: and that should make you and I who have received Christ far more compassionate far more loving and here's the thing this is the best part we can pray for God to give us love to mm-hmm. forgive others now that's the wrap-up for this and next time You know we we get together and do a session which will be in another week or so and we put this this out there Um, we're going to cover some other things about prayer so we're not done with prayer there's a lot more to talk about actually prayer gets so exciting and it you know we're going to be able to talk about um prayer being the language of war now i want you to think about that i'm not going to tell you what that means till next time the language of war and i want you to know that prayer is upward downward and outward and the things that can be done in jesus name are utterly amazing that session that we're going to do there is going to change the way you think about prayer
0: amen amen so i want to thank everybody for listening to our podcast today please tune in for our next segment for how does prayer work with pastor jeff boucher it's going to be a great segment and uh, we thank you for tuning in today god bless
1: to this may not even have taken that first step to accept Christ on their own and remember if we don't belong to him he has no obligation to answer our prayers so what I want to do if you're listening thing and maybe you've never made that step to give your life to Christ and you want to do that I'm gonna I'm gonna say a prayer you could just repeat these words in your heart or aloud wherever you are and uh, once you do that's God Coming into your life and a whole new relationship will begin where prayer will become very powerful So pray with me father in heaven We are just so grateful to be able to call on you the creator of the universe knowing that you love us Beyond anything we could imagine no matter what we've done You're prepared to forgive us and to meet us where we are and then bring us to the place that you want us to be so father I just pray now for all listening and if you're listening and you want to pray this prayer you can repeat this father in heaven I come before you and repent of all the things that I've done wrong and Lord I want you in my life I want you to take over because I know when I'm left in charge it's never gonna come out the way I want it to so I pray God that you would forgive me that you would remove my sin from me that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit and that you would walk with me all the day, <clears throat> all the days of my life and that you would uh, daily meet me and make me more and more like Christ each and every day. We thank you, Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you belong to Christ today and your life is about to change incredibly.